we finally got GameCube Joy-Cons, the Nixie Wizard. So for years we've seen loads of people either wanting or attempting to make Joy-Con controllers that look like the GameCube, and we've even seen another sort of Joy-Con alternative recently, the Retro Flag controller just here, which is also GameCube inspired, but this is actually a, <laughs> a full-blown GameCube controller. It's basically a WaveBird for the Switch that can also be used as Joy-Cons. Now, there is a discount code. You can get 10% off of Nixie's website, so you could buy these with a 10% discount. Go and check out the link down in the description. But let's crack on. So here we go. Let's open this up. That is some stiff box. There we go. We get a manual just here, which of course you want to read through, but I know it anyway. Are you ready for this? Look at that. <laughs> Look at this. This is just absolutely ridiculous. Oh, oh, I'm so excited about this. Now there is some more stuff in the box as well. So let's have a look, shall we? So uh, we get this, which you're not allowed to see yet. And then we also get a USB-C charging lead as well. So that's everything we get inside the box. Let's take a look, shall we? So this is the controller, and I must say it does look beautiful. <laughs> I really like the look of this. It looks like a Wavebird, and I kind of wish this was in the like gray color that my Wavebird was originally. On the front, we have the GameCube layout in the correct placement, and these actually light up. So these buttons light up, as do the lights across the top, those two sort of like, uh, bits there are actually LED indicators. We've got a plus button, we've got a minus button, we also have the screenshot button, we've got the home button, we've got two cog buttons which are for macros and the assignable back paddles, because yes it does have back paddles, it's crazy. We've got the D-pad just here, we also have T which is for turbo on both sides as well, and that's pretty much what we get on the front, but look at this, oh yes. These are actually hexagonal, you know, sticks. But there is something we can do with these. And that is about what I didn't show you a minute ago. So we will come back to that. On the top, we have our ZL, ZR, and L and R buttons, which are not analog. They are just clicky. But these are actually mechanical. So listen to this. They are mechanical rather than like membrane, which can be a bit mushy. And then on the back, we have these uh, F, L and F, R buttons, which are assignable back paddles. Cause yes, you can assign button presses from any of this sort of like right side to the right one and any of this left side to the left one. And you can still assign your turbo to those as well. And it's not just an assignable button. It can be a button in a way, but it's also a macro button. So you can assign multiple presses. We'll go over that very, very soon. Soon. There is sort of USB-C's on the bottom there, but they can charge via the switch So if you slide these on your switch and just put it in the dock or you know put your USB charger in it will charge these This is for firmware updates as well. I imagine so that's a quick look at the controller But let me tell you about the features so you will be pleased to know this basically has everything other than NFC It's got rumble which is adjustable. It's got gyro motion controls It is wireless so you can actually use it like this like a wave bird and you can use them as Joy-Cons as well. It's got turbo, it's got a macro button and macro, you know, like capabilities of programming a macro. It has the mechanical switches on the top 
That's the only ones that are mechanical. The triggers, so the, the shoulder buttons and the triggers as well are mechanical. None of the others are. It also has, <laughs> it's got Hall Effect sensors. Hall Effect sensors mean that these joysticks can never drift, ever. So normal joysticks really quickly, the reason they drift is because the way that it inputs the signal is via contact. That is always being contacted, dust, dirt and debris and whatever else gets in there and it can cause it to misread and to drift over time, right? Whereas these Hall Effect sensors, well, they use magnets. So the reason being is that there's, there's never contact, you know, everything's floating. And so those sensors can never be clogged up with dirt and dust and whatever, so they can't drift ever and finally this is what i was trying to tell you before if you're not a fan of the hexagonal even though i know everyone that plays smash at least is going to be loving this well then don't worry because you get these in the box so these mean that you can change them out yep so that you've got circular ones woohoo so what you do is these you'll see there's like a line at the top and the bottom what you do is you turn it to the left so anti-clockwise and then you pull up on the joystick and you pull the whole thing out which is crazy right and then what you do is you get what you've just taken out and sort of like shimmy it through there's the old one and there's the new one so what i'm going to do now is pop my joystick on correctly so there you go there it is and then what i'm going to do is pop that on like so and then i'm just going to turn it round and now it is circular so if you want to play modern games and you want, you know, that full range of motion around the outside there, maybe you play an FPS or something like that, well, then you can do that and you can mix and max, you know, mix and max. So you could have this one being hexagonal and this one being circular, for example, or vice versa. So now let's compare against the original. So they're pretty much identical. Even the color is, is spot on. It really, really is. The only difference is the joysticks. So on the original, obviously you've got this, which is like circular like you know it's got little circular designs in it and of course we've got the original c stick which is what i like to call a nubbin right whereas this one is more like you know traditional joystick but i must say i think they've made the right choice by putting like traditional style on there because this is just going to work better for most games rather than having that little nubbin which sometimes can be a little bit slippery you know you can like slip off of it whereas this having full size ones well you can't and of course you saw me take the joystick cap off entirely so you can probably buy some original like gamecube style ones and actually just stick them on maybe now there's one feature i forgot to mention that this has and that's wake from sleep. I'm going to press and hold the home button like this and then give it a second and there we go. Turns on. Bam. Oh yeah, there we go. So I'm playing Mario Sunshine. Woohoo! So of course you can use this just like this and it's super comfortable, you know, like playing the game like this, it just feels like a proper GameCube controller because it's got these nice wings here, the handles, it just fits so nicely. Of course, there is a little bit of a negative because the button layout is GameCube. Some people might find this a little bit distracting because well, where Y is, is really where X is on the Switch. Do you know what I mean? Because you've got uh, Y on the left, you've got X on the top, A on the side, and then B at the bottom. This this changes that up. So for some people, this might be a little bit confusing if you are just going to play like normal modern games. And of course, it's got rumble as well. So to adjust that rumble, what you need to do is press turbo and up on the stick just here. So you've got three stages off, one, which is low, 
two, which is a bit higher, three, which is full blown rumble. Now I must say the rumble is a little bit noisy when you get to the highest stage. I'm not too sure if you'll be able to hear it. So let's just see if you can hear it, right? So on camera, I'm sure it's probably not very loud, but you know, in use it is a little bit louder than, you know, you would probably like. And then next up we have turbos. So what I'm gonna do to assign that turbo is press the T button once and then A. And now if I press and hold A, you know, he's just gonna keep jumping for me like this. Whereas if I press turbo and A again, he's just gonna keep jumping for me forever, essentially, whilst I'm not doing anything. And you can see there's a flashing light at the top here. It might not show on the camera, I'm not too sure, but that indicates the speed of the turbo. So to adjust that, what you need to do is press T and then the plus button. And now you can see that it's flashing faster. T and the plus button again. Now it's flashing slower. So there's three rates of turbo and the same applies to the left side, but you need to use the minus button to adjust adjust that turbo and then to cancel it out you can press T and just hold it down for like three seconds now let's talk about that macro back paddle yeah so the settings button let's just say I want a so I'm gonna press it once it's gonna blink blue I'm gonna press a once and then press the settings button again and now that back paddle just there is now my jump button but I do want to say I did test this off camera and you can't just assign it as a button so when I press ZR you can see that flood is continuing to expel water Water there as if I'm holding the button because that is what I'm doing right so now let me just assign ZR so I'm gonna press the settings button press ZR once and then press the settings button and now that has assigned it to that back paddle but watch what happens if I press and hold it's just doing the single press that I did right so let's clear that and let's do it again so now let's assign it with the hold like this and now I'm gonna press that again. And now what I've done is assigned it to that. So essentially it's remembered how long I've pressed it, but now I can't do this, right? Where I'm pressing the trigger and doing a little bit. If I press it, no matter what I do, it, he just continues to expel water, right? It's not really what I would call an assignable back paddle because it doesn't interact as if it's a normal button. But what you can do as well is do a series of button inputs. So I'm gonna press the macro record button. I'm gonna press jump, I'm gonna press hold ZR. And then what I'm gonna do is jump, jump, jump. And then I'm gonna press that again. And now that whole sequence is assigned to that back paddle, right? So I'm gonna press that once, I'm gonna let go. And as you can see, this whole thing, it's remembered the series of inputs. So you can do 21 button presses and assign it. And it also recognizes the input delay of your button presses. So if you took ages to press the buttons, it's gonna take ages to repeat. Whereas if you did it lightning fast, like then did it, it will do it as quickly as you input it. So now let's put them on the switch. There we go. So this is the centerpiece just here. It's literally just a bit of plastic, but you know, it fits nicely. It, the whole thing is nice. And then this is what it looks like separately. So we've still got our buttons there. This can still be used as a separate controller, even though that's probably horrendous. You can actually use it like this. And the same goes with this side as well. You can use these as separate controllers, but let's stick them on the switch. So here we go. <laughs> Look at this. This is just ridiculous. Look at the size of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days, this is hilarious. But I must say, this is really comfortable. Like, look at the size of this thing. But look, look at my hands. This is like a full-blown 
you know, controller in your hands, because it is. The uh, control sticks feel really nice. Yeah, to me, this doesn't have any dead zone, but I need to do more tests on that and play different games, etc., for the full-blown review, and then, you know, I'll come back to you about the dead zone. Now, the D-pad, just because I know I haven't said about that, it feels fine. It's not the best D-pad in the world. It's still small-ish, but, you know, I, I don't know what this is going to be like for fighting games. I only really need to play some to figure that out. But, yeah, this just looks crazy, doesn't it? So, just look at the size of this thing. You will see how big of a wedge there is because, you know, it needs to feel right as a controller with this attached, right? And I suppose there's a lot of stuff in here to house. Obviously, they are massive. So, let's just really quickly show you against, like, a controller like this. Look at the absolute size of this monstrosity. Like, it is crazy. So, Andy, how much are these crazy Nixie Wizard GameCube controller Joy-Con things that can never drift? Well, here in the UK, they're about £57, and in America, they're about $70. But don't forget, we've got a 10% off discount code down in the description, so you can save yourself 10%. Now, I personally think that's pretty good. £57, $70, that's basically the price of, like, an actual Pro controller, but it, this has got better features than a Pro Controller because the Pro Controller can actually drift, right? And this one can't, ever. This thing is just so feature-packed, it is insane. And the build quality and everything, I'm really impressed by. I love the fact that you've got these different rings where you can change it if you don't like that hexagonal thing. So as I've mentioned, this is a first look video. This is not my full-blown review, so there will be an in-depth review coming soon. So if you've enjoyed this video, go down there. Let me know what your thoughts are on the Nixie Wizard. Are you gonna get one? Do you want one? Do you not really care? Let me know. But before you go, go and check out this video up here, which is, of course, the retro flag controller up here and this is GameCube inspired but you know it doesn't have the hexagonal thing and it's got normal switch layout and it also has hall effect sensors that can never drift as well so go and check that out up here too.